Okay, this is chapter 32 of the Science of Breakable Things. Again, um, this is a two-part chapter. Step 7, Results. All, you ha- all your hard work has paid off. Now rep your rewards. Record the results of your experiments. Remember, there are no lo- losers in hashtag science, hashtag life. January 13, Assignment 32. Fly, little smegs. On the morning of the egg drop competition, while Dad prepared for his afternoon work sessions, I stood outside his and Mom's bedroom. I almost went in, but I did not, and Bob did not come out. More than ever, I knew how important this competition was, and I knew we had to win. I wanted to go inside, tell her what a busy day it was. I wanted to make her understand and make her feel, but I could get my hand to turn the knob. Dad came out of his office and found me standing in front of the bedroom door. Natalie, he said, ready to launch into some therapist talk. But I pointed at the clock and interrupted him. We're going to be late and went to wait for him in the car. We were finally got going. We swung by to pick a twig who burst into the back seat of the car and greeted us. We're going to kick butt. Dad glanced at her in the rearview mirror, probably deciding whether or not to scold her for her language. But then she leaned forward toward the passenger seat. So her breath tickled my ear. I promise you, she said in an ominous whisper, we're going to win this. I can feel it. Out of words, my stomach twisted in excitement, because as much as I still was trying to manage my expectations, I couldn't help it. We were going to win. I could feel it, too, in the air around us. We finally got to the competition, and I don't know if the egg drop was hosted at an old three-story building. Second and third floors had a collection of random businesses, but the entire bottom floor used to be a library. Now, it's apparently used for the host community science events. Do you think there's any significance to this? Like, move over, books. Science is the future. Dad parked and Twig and I looked up at the roof where Smegs would be uh, put to the test. I'm so proud of you, Dad said, and I felt almost guilty for the first time because Dad had no idea I was really doing this. I tried not to think about that, and the three of us went inside. This place stinks, Twig said. Smells like old people and wet carpet, but stronger like 50 old people and piles of wet carpet. Ew, I said. Yeah. To a grim please with her description. Dad put a hand on each of the shoulders and said, It's not that bad, but he was frowning as he said it. Okay, young Jin, Twin said, and Dad's, uh, Twig said, and Dad's frown deepened. The entire floor was still set up to a library with rows and rows of shelves, but they were empty, and when we spoke, our words echoed along the concrete floors, vibrating against the ghost of old books. The room was already packed with kids and their parents, and I realized I'd never thought about the other teams. I figured once we had a good egg, that, that'd be it, and the money would be ours. Nervousness bubbled up in my stomach, and I buried my hands in my coat pockets and stuffed that worry back down. A, lo- a lone microphone stand was propped up in a corner of the room, but we weren't given any instructions, and nobody seemed to be in charge. The abandoned library felt too loud and too hot. Derry was supposed to be there already, and the minutes kept ticking by, and fluttery panic boomed in my chest. I should have let him keep Smegs, but he wanted to hang on to it, and I had said no. Now, if we didn't show up, we wouldn't be able to participate, and I couldn't win the money, and the doors opened, and Derry walked in with both of his parents behind him. Smells weird in here, Derry said when he reached us. So, of course, Twig gave him the same description she'd given me word for word. They launched into a discussion about the room smelled like old people and wet carpet when there was, in fact, no carpet in the room. But I cut them off. Did you bring Smegs? Obviously, Derry did, because Derry's smart, and forgetting the egg at an egg drop contest would be not so smart move. But the question got them back on track. 
I made a few more tweaks last night, Derry said. I reasoned that tightening the inner angles would allow the egg to handle a bigger impact. I wish Derry had stopped making these tweaks, but I told myself to breathe. I mean, Twig was right. He was the smartest kid in our class. He probably knew what he was doing. Then 15 minutes, so many people have shown up that the room got hotter and more humid and even smellier. Mr. Neely arrived and waved his arms when he saw us weaving in, a, weaving in and out of the other teams as he made his way over. What an exciting day, he said to use after he'd shaken hands and introduced himself to Dad and the capers. We're going to win, Twig informed him. Of course you are. You're my scientific explorers, he said. I couldn't tell you if he was serious or not. I'm the head of stuff, and Derry is the mission analyst, Twig continued matter-of-factly, and I wish she would stop. Those titles were just a joke, after all. Mr. Neely grinned. Well, of course, every team needs a head sheriff and a mission analyst. Natalie is the team captain, Twig said. Mr. Neely beamed at me, and Dad reached over and squeezed my shoulder, and I just wanted to disappear. I'm glad to see you taking charge, Natalie, Mr. Neely said. And then to our parents, these three are my top students. That definitely wasn't true, but it was nice of him to say. He talked with our parents for a minute about how he left his uh, paramedical research job to teach. When he went to talk to the other science teachers, I wanted him to interact with them. He was still his awkward self, but he wasn't ours anymore. It was weird, and all of a sudden I felt angry. Like he was supposed to be our teacher, and that was it, and now it was his person, whose friends in a past him, Parama something, whatever. He was living a double life, and maybe that mis- the Mr. Neely we knew wasn't completely real. Then I realized I wasn't being ridiculous, so I took a few breaths and I tried to calm down. Eventually, a tall woman with glasses stepped up to the microphone. Finally, somebody was in charge and giving us direction. Welcome, young scientific minds of Lancaster. My name is Charlene. Charlene looks like the Doris, only ten years older and a twinge more southern, and for some reason, the comparison made me itchy discomfort. I know how y'all have worked on your egg drop, she continued, and I want to tell you first and foremost, you're all winners. Daring out along, but Twig looked at me and rolled her eyes because this Charlene woman was being a Mr. Neely. She pointed to her chest and then mine and mouth, winners. Charlene went out to introduce the other five judges, but I was too busy everything, eyeing the competition to pay attention. Most were uninspired inverting egg cartons. Ours were definitely one of the best designs. I felt better seeing everybody else's eggs and watching. And when Charlene and the other judges started setting up, Twig, Derry, and I abandoned our parents and walked around the room to get a closer look. You did a really nice job with these tweaks, Derry, Twig said, admiring the contraption in Derry's hand. Derry blushed. Thanks, but you're the one who had the great idea of Smegs. I sighed. I couldn't help it. And then they both turned red and all three of us kind of wanted to disappear for a few seconds. As we made a lap around the library, a pair of red-headed twin boys stopped us. What a creative design, the first one said. They were dressed in matching sweaters, switched with Valley Hope Crest, and it took me a moment to realize they were talking to us. I would never have considered marshmallows, the second twin continued. How cute! They spoke in that fancy, fancy Valley Hope way, inculcating their consonants and rounding their vowels, and it was hard to tell whether they were sincere or sarcastic. Thank you, Derry said, polite by reflex. Clever uh, clever design yourself. I glanced down at the contraption in the first boy's hands, and my heart sized up as subtle in my throat. They had cushioned the egg in cotton balls and placed into a Ziploc bag full of Lucky Charms cereal. Twig gave Derry a look of disappointment and stepped forward. Cereal is a stupid idea, she said. Smegs is going to beat your egg. The first twin said, Smegs? 
and the second stiffened and said, My may the best egg win, before they took their cereal and walked away. Twig turned to Jerry and said, Did you see that? Did you see that? As if maybe he could have missed the entire exchange. Jerry mumbled the response, but I tugged on her hand. Twig, let it go, I said. She frowned, but for once she actually listened. To be honest, I'd forgotten about Mom's cereal idea until the moment. Or if I had forgotten it, at least I buried it deep with all the things I wouldn't say, and I stood there in a few minutes, watching Twig ramble on without really hearing her. I don't know what our egg dropper would have looked like if Mom had helped us, if she had been happy and real and full of experiments, but I guess I wouldn't have been at this competition at all if there was, if that were the case. Tried to put the cereal out of my mind. Smegs would win, and that was all that would matter in the end. The judges passed around a bowl for drawing numbers, and as the team captain, I took a slip. Number 16. The one in the six still smelled like Sharpie, and I folded it into tiny square in my palm. Uh, 20. The drop would happen off the roof into a designated spot in the parking lot. So after drawing our numbers, we all shuffled into our winter coats, rewrapping and bundling and buttoning, until we were standing outside in the parking lot, breathing hot air into our mitten hands. The judges took our eggs up to the top of the building, except for a young curly-haired judge with a name tag that read Sean. He stayed below to announce the status of dropped eggs, cracked or not cracked. A few contestants tried to make converse, conversation with him, but I, turn, but I tuned them out, bouncing on the balls of my feet, battling the cold of my nerves. We'll be fine, Twig said, calm as can be. This is much higher than our test at my house. Derry clenched and unclenched his hand, buzzing with nervous energy. Our egg is strong, Twig said as Charlene announced the first egg and dropped it off the edge of the roof. It broke, and I let out a sigh of relief. With so many contestants, the drops took a while inter, inter, uh, inter, inter pursed, only occasional with the cheers from a surviving team. Later, the judges would score the surviving eggs based on durability and bounce factor and aerodynamic, aerodynamic design. We'd survive, too. I just knew it. Somewhere along the way, Twig slipped into an announcer mode, whispering observations into dairies in my ears. Although Twig isn't really capable of whispering, being quiet isn't her strong suit. <clears throat> she spoke in a low voice and said stuff like, The blondes are teens with anticipation. With the bubble-wrapped egg may make it past the drop of the doom. The crowd holds its breath. Holds your, hold your breath, guys. And wait for it. Our fearless Charlene is about to drop the egg and, Oh, close but not cigar. But, oh, but close but no cigar. This is a tough break for our blondes. Literally, the kids around us turned to glare, and eventually some random parent came up and told us to please be quiet, which was embarrassing for Derry and me. But of course, Twig didn't mind at all. Listening to Twig's commentary, I could get through most of the round with too much anxiety. But by the 13 egg, none of us spoke. Instead, the three of us held our hands with the number 16 passed, uh, pressed between Twig and me, and it wasn't even weird or embarrassing. This ver... Oh, sorry. This abandoned library parking lot was like an alternate universe where everyone really cared about raw eggs, and holding hands was a totally a, a sec, acceptable thing to do. When Charlene got to our number, I looked over at Dad, and he gave me a big, goofy thumbs up. Twig squeezed my hand so I hard I was pretty sure all my bones shattered. In that moment, when everything stood still and the outcome was unknown and all of us were hopeful, I got this huge surge of love for Dad and Twig and Derry. From Mr. Neely and even Derry's parents and all these people who are making my life so much better.
I wanted to hug each one of them, but I didn't want to get sappy either. I, um, I missed Mom, of course, but the weird part was that I didn't feel angry or sad or uncomfortable about missing her like I usually did. Instead, I felt helpful, partly because winning seemed to so in, inevitable, and I had big plans for that money, but I also, because it could be because it could be so happy just of a silly little contest in the Phaeton of Egg that I knew Mom's world could be happy again, too. She would be okay because she, we would win and I would save her. Charlene dropped our egg. My heart burst into super panic mode in my head and I said, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But this was different from dropping the egg with Twig and Dairy. Then it had been only us and we had only been experimenting. Now everything was out of control. My heart beer thudded in my ears and Smegs hit the ground. The twigs went flying, bits of marshmallow exploded, and a cloud of glitter burst in the air. We didn't need to wait for Sean's announcement. The sound it made was enough. That cracking, crunching noise was the loudest sound I've ever heard in my whole life. I looked at my friends because I didn't want to look at the puddle of yellow growing bigger and bigger around our egg. The broken sticks were like broken bones. Derry was shaking his head back and forth, back and forth, like he didn't even know what he was doing, but Twig was still. The glitter was supposed to be a surprise, she murmured in a voice for, too quiet for Twig. Still, she did not move, and I had this scary thought that maybe she would never move again. Not literally never move, obviously, but never move in a way of Twig, like maybe she would not Twig from now on, like Mom was not Mom. I don't know. I was in super panic with him. Dad and Derry's parents came up to us, and Dad put his hand on my shoulder. Do you want to go? Twig answered for me. Yeah, we don't need to see those stupid Valley Hope kids win. She was shaking with fury and disappointment, so I guess she was moving again, but no, in the way I, but not in the way I wanted her to. Wait, I said. I want to wait. One summer day, a rare race when, uh, a rare one when she wasn't working. Mom had taken me to the local pool. We've been talking about sound waves to and to demonstrate the difference in water. She concurred an experiment. Ready? She asked as we both hung on the edge of the pool, and I said, ready, and we'd slip under the water. She said a sentence, and the water molecules twisted and morphed the sound, and when we both emerged, I had to guess what she'd said, had to find meaning in the gravel underwater language. That was how my words sounded to me at that moment. Okay, Dad said. We'll wait. He had, we'll wait. He hasn't had left my shoulder, and he squeezed hard as if to remind me I was still there. Around me, Twig and Derry and Mr. and Mrs. Carper were speaking, but I couldn't quite hear them. Miss Carper knelt next to Derry in her yellow sari, the car, the co- sorry, the color of bright, fresh yolk peeked out from underneath a long down jacket. Charlene was somehow still carrying on with her competition. I watched another egg dropped, another egg broke, and I counted. 17, 18, 19. Dad kept holding onto my shoulder, and I kept counting, and Derry said in my ear, it's always good to see the results. I nodded vaguely, even though I wasn't really seeing. I was waiting. And then in the Volley Hope twins' turn, um, I couldn't see the cereal all the way up the roof. I could only see the Ziploc bag. My feet and hands were completely numb with cold, but I didn't bother trying to warm that up. Charlene dropped the cereal, dropped the cereal egg. At this time, there was no crack only the crunch of Lucky Charms. I couldn't breathe. I was back underwater. I thought, I should have listened to Mom. What? Derry asked, and I realized I'd spoken that out loud. Sean stepped forward to inspect the egg, and my head rang with, Mom will be so disappointed in me. But then he gave me a thumbs down. 
cracked. The egg was broken. The egg had a tiny fracture, hardly noticeable, but its life was oozing out just like all the other broken eggs. So Mom was wrong, and that was worse. Yes, Twig shouted, and the crowd turned around to glare at her. Twig lowered her voice, but only a little. I told them cereal was a stupid idea. The crowd started rustling around us, and Sean announced that anybody who wanted to stay for the final deliberation could wait inside the library. For myself saying, we can leave now. All of us kind of adjusted and readjusted our clothes, saying goodbyes all long and drawn out because we wanted to leave, but we also weren't ready to go. Mr. Neely came up and gave us hugs and tried to act happy, even though we obviously weren't. I'm so glad you guys participated, he said, and I wanted to cry at the word. Participate, as if there was all we were capable of. I have to say, your design was my favorite, he winked. So creative and inventive. What Charlene said earlier is true. You there are winners no matter what. You've worked so hard and you've learned so much about the scientific process. I'm proud to be your teacher. Derry blushed and mumbled the thanks and Twig stared up at Mr. Neely in shock because I don't think she's used to praise from a teacher. Beneath all the numbness, anger sparkled inside me, heating inside my chest because Mr. Neely had no idea. He had stood there talking about the scientific process as if it mattered, as if a stupid science experiment had anything to do with real life. Let's go, I said, and I turned to walk and walk away without waiting for a response. Dad was probably horrified by my rudeness. I was sort of horrified, too, but I would get away. Twig and Derry ran after me, and Twig grabbed my arm. This can't be it, though. Operation Egg can't be over, I shrugged. I knew the sadness would come later, but that a moment I was upset and a little bit nauseated. Anger on, empty, on an empty stomach. Derry got quiet, too, and he whispered, We'll still be friends, right? After this, Twig looked like she'd cry, and we were all not okay. Of course we will, she said first to Derry, staring straight at him, and then she turned to me. Her eyes lit with a fire deeper and bolder than I'd seen in her. Of course we will. She hugged me, and I hugged her back, holding on tight. Felt kind of bad, because I knew Jerry felt awkward and out of place, but I couldn't stop hugging her. Twig was my best friend, and I needed her. When we pulled away, her eyes were fierce. Operation Orchid is still on. We can still fix things, she said. I sighed and shook my head. It's over, Twig, I said. I couldn't think about the orchid. I couldn't ever even look at her. I felt the sadness growing inside me, and if I thought about what this meant, the sadness would take root and never leave. Derry didn't ask, but he looked at us, questions and half-answers dancing in his eyes. But, Twig said, I cut her off. It was a stupid idea anyway, I said. I brushed past her and got into the car, slamming the door in her face.